Hello and welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host, Shayna, a board-certified embodiment coach and master energy healer. Here we talk all things magic, love, sex, money, brain, hormones, and energy. You'll walk away with new truth bombs because I love talking about all the things people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything I know in this mind, body, and soul of mine. You can find ways to work with me and products to enhance your life at bloomshakti.com. Okay, you guys need this episode, and I know that a lot of you guys are probably thinking like you have to feel like you have to be fucking perfect in order to have your dream relationship. And FYI, you can still be in a relationship and still want the relationship to get better, okay? So this episode's for you, whether you're dating, single, in a relationship, just got into one, in a long-term one, doesn't matter where you're at, this is an amazing episode to listen to. And what I love that I'm going to bring up is that, you know, in a lot of the personal development work, it's really, how do I phrase it? I feel like we're made to think that we have to be perfect in order to have a sexy, healthy relationship instead of just knowing a few things and allowing ourselves to just be human. So what I want to do in today's episode is kind of fucking call this shit out. You know, there's a lot of bullshit going on and I'm going to give you guys you know, tips on like how to be embodied, how to actually be to have the relationship of your dreams. And what I'm also going to talk about in this episode, you can translate it to working relationships, friendships, family, what have you. I'm going to be talking about it from a, uh, a romantic perspective, but a lot of the lessons in here, the concepts, can actually be translated to many facets of life. So that's that. (laughs) So I want to start off with the topic of codependency. Are you allowed to be codependent? Is codependency wrong? Codependency is wrong. You shouldn't be codependent. You shouldn't need him. You should just want him or her. Let's fucking dissect this shit, okay? (laughs) As humans, we need connection. We are codependent creatures. We depend on one another for survival. Since the day of our birth, we have been codependent. We have been codependent with our parents for survival, and then we become codependent with any other figures in our life that helps us become the adults that we are today. And then you get in a relationship, and I'm going to get into this, okay? You become codependent on the person that you're in a relationship with. So where codependency is wrong as an adult, and I want to preface as an adult, and I, the reason I want to preface this is because as a child, your safety is about codependency. There's no other option for you as a child than to be codependent until you can survive on your own, okay? Until you can survive on your own, you're going to be codependent and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing you need to change. There's nothing you need to fix, what have you. Now, you can be codependent towards things other than people. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, When it comes to codependency in a relationship, and generally speaking, what I want you to understand and hone in to is that you don't want to be codependent in that 
you only feel enough love, success, safe, supported, validated, liked, whatever, when you are with that person in a relationship, like with that person. So what actually happens when people are saying, you know, that codependency is wrong, what they're actually meaning is a dependency on feeling enough love, validation, successful, whatever, by a certain person. That is unhealthy. I don't even like using the word unhealthy because a lot of times, most of the times, it's done unconsciously and from a trauma response. And I don't want you to feel shame about yourself if you're in this boat Because we want to fix this, but you are not a broken case and a terrible human, okay? So when it comes to relationships and codependency, what we want to make sure of is that we are not relying on another person for a sense of safety or a sense of, I'm going to die if I don't have you. Now, I do want to preface, you can be in a relationship and be like, oh my God, babe, I would like die if I don't have you. But that's something that you say and it's not like you're going to go kill yourself if that person's not with you tomorrow, okay? So for example, you have this intense amount of love for someone, but obviously you can live without them, right? And of course the pain would be life-threatening, right? If something were to happen to your partner. Generally speaking, when people say, I can't live without you, it's not from a conscious perspective of, I can live with you without you for love, validation, success, all those things. It's just that my love is so intense for you. That is the kind of love I want you guys to all have, like where you can't live without the person. I want us all to have that. What I don't want you to have is I don't want you to feel like without this person, you will not feel loved, successful, enough, validated, smart, wanted, whatever, okay? (laughs) That is unhealthy codependency where you're dependent on the other person making you feel a certain way or telling you certain things or validating you in a certain way. That is what we are referring to when people are saying, or what they should be referring to, what I'm referring to, right? When we're talking about you don't want to be codependent. And the reality is when you find your person, you are going to be codependent and that's okay. That's okay. Because it's this life-changing holy shit thing and like you know it's it's a change you know and you will feel in different moments little hints of codependency come up and that's okay as long as you can pull yourself back in so when we are dependent on someone for our emotional needs being met or our mental, physical, like any of our needs being met, that's where we trip up. And this comes from childhood and teenage. You know what? 
I think that there's a lot of us that talk about inner child healing. When I talk about inner child healing, I'm not just talking about like, you know, zero to 11. I'm actually including teenage years, but after you do inner child healing, there's the fucking rebellious teenager healing that comes up. Um, so like being bullied and all that stuff, like you got to heal that shit too, you know? Um, and codependency isn't just from childhood. It could be from your teenage years. It doesn't matter where it's, when it's from. The bottom line is that when you need something that can only be given to you by another person, especially by your partner or by your boss or a best friend, that is a dependency we do not want. And the reason that we don't want that is because we are outsourcing our sense of self-validation and self-confidence and self-trust we are outsourcing it and we do not want to do that because then what happens is we then don't feel like we trust ourselves we don't validate ourselves we don't feel enough of ourselves and then we stay in this cycle of only feeling enough validation smart what have you when someone else tells us so and that's a problem because you don't want to feel that way I want you feeling like, you know, no one else needs to tell you that you're like enough, right? That's where all these things of like rejection, anxiety, avoidance, it all comes up, you know, and it's all linked to all these different things. And if you're really anxious when it comes to dating or the beginning of a relationship, I can guarantee you there's something beneath the surface that's a fear of rejection or not being loved or being too much or being validated or being judged, whatever it is, or being compared to, cheated on. And that all comes from a past experience. And what's important to understand is that if you don't heal these past relationships, you're fucking everything up. <laughs> like, even if it's not that person, like you're bringing that fear, your psyche, your beliefs, the way that you act, think, feel, you know, all that stuff, you're bringing that into your future relationships. Even if the new person has never cheated on you or anyone else, even if it's their first fucking relationship ever, okay, you are still going to bring this energy in because it's in your body. And that's why I tell you guys, when you heal your trauma, you're not just fucking helping yourself. You are helping and healing everyone else. You're healing and helping your your partner so they don't feel like, you know, they're upsetting you all the time or triggering you. And you shouldn't put it on your partner, guys. Like, there are certain things that are, you know, a, a partner's responsibilities, helping you feel a certain way, whatever, right? Like, yes, I get that. Partnership's about two people working together as a team. And you do have to shift a little bit. But if you are feeling like, if your partner is feeling like he or she has to walk around on eggshells in order to not trigger you or upset you, you know, like not fuck up your whole day, that's your problem and that's your responsibility. And it's really beautiful when you heal this because it's not just for yourself. You're not just freeing yourself, but you're freeing your partner so it can be as good as you want it to be because I know you guys want your relationships to be amazing and it's your relation it's your responsibility to make that relationship amazing 
Like it's both of you, okay? You both need to have to do you both need to do work, you know? And it's your responsibility and it feels good when you know that you're actually showing up, you know? You have to show up 100% as you, fully secure, fully healed, no projections. You can be in a response mode rather than react mode, right? Like those are all important things that help you to not feel codependent. So just to make this a little more real, let me give you guys a real life example. So sometimes there's moments in my life where I am nitpicking and I catch it and because I'm not codependent, I'm very self-aware, I pause and I figure out exactly what's going on in my body, exactly what I'm feeling, what's happened in my day, what's coming up from my day, and I'm able to fix the feeling, the problem that's coming up without him even knowing, okay? So I kind of become grumpy when I'm tired, like even when I was little, I mean, I think everyone does fucking become grumpy when they're, I don't like being tired, I don't operate as myself, and same thing with like being hungover or drinking, I don't like it, especially after not drinking after so long, because it's just not a vibe, you know, it's just too complicated and stuff, but anyways, um, what then happens is if I am tired or something like that, I will know exactly what I'm needing to fill my own cup up, and I, like, I just can't, I just can't, you know, I'll be like, I need everyone to fuck off, I need to be alone for a whole fucking weekend, like, I have those moments, and I just put my phone on D&D, or just turn that shit off, like, I just cannot be there for everyone all the time, I love being social, but fuck me dead, I love being alone too, so, it helps me come back to myself, you know, like, running a business, I've got clients all day, people need me all the time, there's always something going on, and sometimes I just like being in silence and having no one around me, and when I'm feeling that, which obviously happens, um, when you're in a relationship, you can't tell that person to just fuck off all the time, right, I'm like, oh yeah, like, pack your bags, leave for a weekend, and come back later, right, when those moments come up, I know because I'm not codependent, I know it's a me thing and I know what I need to do in order for me to feel good and in alignment with myself. And when you're codependent, what happens is you're dependent on someone else and all these feelings happen to be their fault, right? And it becomes their job to fix Because you become emotionally dependent on them. And you become dependent on them fixing your emotional state. So do you see how that's a fucking problem? So 80% of the population does this very well. They do it very unconsciously. They let their partner influence their energy. And they make it their partner's responsibility to actually fix it. And when you do a lot of trauma healing work and get into your body, you identify feelings, emotions, energies very quickly because if there isn't trauma avoidance or anything like that, um, people pleasing, fawning, whatever, 
there's nothing blocking your ability to actually identify the state that you're in. Okay? In my opinion, that is the definition of freedom. Definitely my definition. So, yeah. Um, ultimate freedom is being able to identify that exact feeling, you know, and being able to fix it and give it to yourself and not feel like you have to wait for someone else to fix it. It's not giving your power away. Because if you're giving your power away, then you're just waiting for the other person to fix it and you stay in this state of unknown and stress and anxiety until the other person you know fixes it and stuff so on the flip side healthy emotional quote-unquote dependency um not dependency that's not the right word healthy emotional attachment would be that you want to be connected to your partner. And when you're feeling disconnected from your partner, that's going to be fixed by you guys connecting again. Okay? Side note, you can be feeling disconnected from your partner, and even if you try to connect, you still can't connect. That is a you thing. And that's a you thing that you have to fix on your own. Okay? So when couples come to me and they say... Sometimes I do couples work, not all the time, but, you know, when people say, oh, can we do couples work with you? Most of the times I say no, because often it's not an issue together. It's an issue separately, because if both people were in their fullest self separately, there would be issues when you come together because you're already so self-aware and independent, right? And without going too into it, The interaction between two full people coming together is a completely different interaction between two people stuck in any kind of trauma coming together. The people that are stuck in trauma coming together don't have proper communication. They don't understand one another in arguments. They're dependent on each other. One or both of them is always feeling like the other person is the one responsible for their happiness. There's so many things tied into it that make it hard. And no amount of couples work is going to fix that because it's an individual issue for the two people. And that's why with couples therapy, it's great when two people are self-aware and they've done their own individual work. But all that couples therapy should be is it's, it's mediation. That's what couples therapy is, you know, like it doesn't help the couple. It's just mediation. And when I've done that, as in like I've done couples work, you know, it's a lot of times I do sessions separately and then I do sessions for them together. So then we dive into like connection and communication exercises. That's all it is. And it's to bring them closer together. They're never getting frustrated at each, frustrated with each other. They're just coming together. But the reason couples therapy doesn't work and ends in divorce is because Those two individuals have not done the work on themselves. And what's really important to understand is that if you're trying to attract in a healthy relationship, if if you are trying to pull in a healthy relationship or change your relationship so that it gets healthier, no, fuck that. Never mind. Let's just stick to the first one because if you can, 
obviously life isn't perfect. You have no control of, you know, timing of things. And you have to trust that when you meet your person is the right time. If you were to choose the most ideal timing to meet your person, it would be when you've both done work on yourself. You are the fullest, happiest version of yourself alone. You are super self-aware and you actually have the space, time, dedication, and energy to give to a relationship. That is the best time. And the reason I say this is because for you know myself and my partner, we both met at a time where, thank fucking God, I didn't meet him any earlier. Even if it was a week earlier, it would just not have worked, right? And I was ready. He was ready. We both did work, you know, I feel like he was ready before me, you know, but he really had to work on himself to realize that he's actually ready. And it's funny when sometimes people think they're ready, but they're actually not, you know, um, and relationships really do bring out like more stuff for you to work on, on a whole other level, you know? So what's important to understand is why this is important is For a lot of people, they will meet their person, but they haven't found themselves first. So what happens is they struggle to stay super healthy in their engagement and interaction with their partner because they don't actually know who they want to be. They're working themselves out in the relationship. Good fucking luck to that because it is so much harder You can, but it's so much harder. You need a game plan for me to find yourself in a relationship than find yourself outside of one. Now, I can't speak on my partner's behalf, but for me, I fully found myself before I found and got into this relationship. And what that meant was I knew what was a yes and no for me. I knew what was going to work, what wasn't going to work. There was no people-pleasing, no boundary-crossing for me because I knew what I wanted. I knew who I was, you know? I wouldn't change a damn thing, okay? And he's had to adapt, but I haven't changed a single thing about me because I got so crystal clear on what it was for me. And in doing that, I helped him to get clear on who he is, right? Like permission granted because I gave myself so much permission, And I will say, like, okay, so I gave myself permission to be who I was, who I am, and I stayed that person throughout this relationship, and I stayed in that, right, and I haven't changed. For a lot of people, they change in a relationship and in an unhealthy way, and not for the better, okay? So if you're already in a relationship and you're like, oh, I need to find myself, you know, in this relationship... Or I need the relationship to, you know, work things out. Or we came together at the wrong time and we're clashing. We haven't found ourselves. There's insecurities, X, Y, Z. You know, if there's one of you that's really found themselves, that will create space for the other person to find themselves. You will be able to know how to say no. Go do you. Go have your time. We need space. All those kinds of things. You know, to like, just go do your own thing because you're the one that's directing that part of the relationship. And that's kind of me, right? 
me coming into this relationship, for example, it gave him a lot of permission. Like, he already knew who he was, but really, it helped him own who he was because I did so much. So, if one of you can do that, it's either going to bring up that other person to do the same, or you're just going to realize the two of you aren't compatible. And that is the shit part of, you know, what happens in a relationship when the two of you come together, right person, wrong time, is what can happen, not always, right? But one of you grows and you change into the fullest version of yourself. And the other person no longer is in love with that version of you, that new version of you, because they fell in love with the version of you that they met five years ago. That was, I don't know, like, a tomboy or something, right? And now you're, like, all girly and glitzy or whatever, right? I was just trying to, like, paint a picture, so I hope that makes sense. But you're basically, it seems like you're a totally different person to that, to him, right? Or vice versa, whatever the dynamic is, whatever your situation is. It seems like you're a different person, but in actual fact, you've come home to yourself. And then what becomes hard is he or she isn't rising, Right? It's no longer going to work because one of you is up here and one of you is down here. And neither of you are right or wrong. You're just on different paths. Okay? And to sum it up, it is important if you're not already in a relationship and you're single or dating or you're going into a new relationship, is please do this work on yourself to heal yourself from trauma so that you can fully know who you are because if you bring a pile of trauma into that relationship, that gets stuck in the relationship. And of course, it can be removed and unwound and what have you, have you. But you've got to remember, like trauma reflects and creates resentment, fights, distance, lack of boundaries, people pleasing, unsafety. It can manifest in all these different ways, which can actually really hurt a relationship long term. And that's why it's so good to be aware of each other and to most importantly, be aware of yourself to avoid unnecessary fights, okay? Resentment, people pleasing, all those kind of things that can be heavily, heavily avoided by you having great self-awareness and not being traumatized still by your trauma. So wrapping up with the codependency... We're all codependent to an extent. Good codependency is wanting to be around them, loving them so much, wanting their input on things, their opinion on things, but not needing it. And you really being able to hold yourself. Like if you have a fight, you're not like, you're not thinking the worst things about yourself. Your mind is staying on the topic of the argument, right? You're not going into the self-destructive pattern stay on the topic of the argument. If your mind isn't staying on the topic of the argument and your mind is taking you into this full spiral of self-pity, self-shame, whatever fucking flashbacks, that's not good. It can be fixed, but it's not a good thing, okay? So, for example, when I'm having an argument, I'm fully focused on the argument. Someone can tell me you're a bitch, but I'm not even going to be thinking about that. It wouldn't even cross my mind. I don't go into the spiral. 
of thinking, oh my God, what if he doesn't like me? What if, right? Whatever. Like that comes from deeply trusting yourself, deeply knowing yourself, being able to hold yourself and feeling very, very safe in a relationship where you know he wouldn't leave even if you got into a really bad fight or she would never leave, right? That's able to be felt when you heal your abandonment wounds and your rejection wounds. So on the note of safety in a relationship, what are some things that are important to you? that are going to make you feel safe in your relationship, right? One of the most important green flags is consistency. You providing consistency, them providing consistency. If you can't be consistent with each other, why are we here? Consistency in texting, love, touch, sex, intimacy, conversation, whatever the fuck it is. Consistency is such an important green flag. If you're dating someone, like, or in a relationship, if they're not consistent, that is okay. Not for you. Two reasons they're not consistent. Hard truth, they don't fucking like you enough. Two, they're not in the space in their life yet to have the time in dedicating and investing in a relationship. Right? If they want a relationship, if you want a relationship and they say they do too, but if they don't have the time, I mean, that's two different fucking things, you know? Like, you need to know what your fucking desires are and stick to that, not entertaining unnecessary things. Like, Because then you're just prolonging the person that you're actually meant to be with. And what's the point of that? You know, like. Consistency is really important to look at as a marker of will this be a healthy relationship? And does, is this person the person that's in line with me and what I want? And I'm hoping, ladies, you want consistency. Same guys, you know, consistency is just someone who wants to invest their time with you. And that's a great indicator of whether they actually like you. And another thing I want to mention is with a good marker of if this relationship is healthy is when you get into arguments, are they trying to understand you and are you trying to understand them? If you're just trying to prove a point and you're not trying to hear their side of the argument, your mind, no. You're not aware. You're not aware that he or she is having a completely different interpretation of the experience you're both going through. And you're not open to learning. And the hard truth about relationships, are you fucking learning in them? Every day, you are learning in your relationship. And if you don't have the mindset of I'm willing to learn, I'm open to learn, and I want to learn my partner so I could be the best partner for them, then get the fuck out because you don't want a healthy relationship. You're not healthy. You know, when you're in an argument, how can I understand this person? Try to understand them. 
And going back to codependency, what can happen is for you or your partner, there can be a codependency towards other things that are not related to people that are affecting your relationship. That is important to be aware of as well because it will affect your relationship. Okay? People can be codependent with substances, with alcohol, sex, games, gambling, food, working. If you are dependent on something else to make you feel a certain way in an unconscious way, that is going to leak into your relationship. So for example, if you're dependent on a glass of wine every evening, winding you down so that you can be present with your partner, that's a fucking problem. Because what's going to happen when you're pregnant or you're on antibiotics and you can't drink? Right? And you get into an argument with your partner. It's a stressful day, stressful week. And you don't know how to calm yourself down. That's a problem. If you are reliant on exercise to make you feel sexy and enough, what's going to happen if you were to fall, you know, get into an accident and you couldn't exercise for six months? You would then go down a depression hole of like, I'm not toned, I'm not enough, I'm not sexy. How do you think that would affect your relationship? Even if something like exercise is healthy, if you're dependent on something making you feel a certain way, you're not in control of your own emotions. And this is where nervous system regulation is everything. Because when you're not aware of your emotions, which is, you know, a response going off in your body then you're being triggered by something in that moment that hasn't been healed. That's what's going on. And I can have a full-on meltdown and it's not a trigger response or, you know, it's like this emotion's coming up and I need to have basically like an emotion's coming up and I have to have a meltdown and it's a conscious choice and awareness through the whole process of letting that meltdown occur. That is not being out of control with your emotions the you being out of control with your emotions is when the emotions are coming up and you don't know how to control them you don't know how to be like i need to remove myself right now and do xyz you projectile vomit them onto a person place situation whatever you're in that's not good and that's going to happen in relationships when you're dependent on even things that aren't people in making you feel a certain way because what if you don't get to exercise that day because you're traveling and the whole day gets fucking thrown because you have a spiral because you don't feel sexy that day because you haven't exercised your ass off. Anything in extreme is bad and we know that, right? And anything that you're dependent on to make you feel a certain way unconsciously is also bad. So of course, like, Exercise makes you feel great in your body. And, you know, if I don't exercise, I don't go on my walks and all that, I'm going to feel eh, right? But even when I'm on vacation, I stretch and stuff, right? And, I mean, even on vacation, like, I don't have a full-on morning rituals, you know, the way that I would like to. But I have that nervous system ability and control to not blow it all into an entire spiral. 
but a lot of people don't and maybe you don't right and that's something I want you to know is like you don't always have to live that way because that's not a freeing way to live that's like being in your own emotional jail and what's important to understand is that does get protected it gets protected onto your kids your partner your boss people in this situation with you and this is why when you do work on yourself before you have kids it prevents your experience of motherhood going terribly wrong it also helps to keep your relationship peaceful during that time and it helps your children to also not have that trauma or emotional response or dependency or whatever the fuck you want to call it that story, belief, programming, put onto them. That's what's really important to understand. Ancestral trauma happens when no one breaks it. Ancestral trauma happens because it's like passed down from mother to child, son, daughter, whatever it is, over and over again. And you listening right now have the opportunity to break that. Not just for yourself, not just for your relationship, but also for your children or your future children. How amazing is that? How fucking incredible is that? And the freedom that comes with no longer having this dependency on other people to make you feel a certain way is unexplainable. Like, I love that I can be in a relationship and this isn't about my relationship, it's about me. I love that I can be in a relationship and I can be feeling like, okay, I need X, Y, Z, organize it, get it done. Or I need a night by myself or I need to go for a really long walk for silence for three hours, whatever it is. Or I just need to like hibernate and just read and I don't want to talk to anyone. Most people don't know those things about themselves and what they need. And most importantly, they would never give themselves permission to do it. And when you tie that into people pleasing and like you'll you fucking understand what's happening you know I think I'm gonna do a an episode on people pleasing because that's very much needed and I always talk about people pleasing but I don't think people completely get what I'm talking about so another thing that I want to mention is you know being in a healthy relationship I kind of said this but I want you guys to understand, and I'm going to do an episode on, like, dating apps and stuff, and there will be some dating advice in there, but obviously, the absolute best fucking dating advice, relationship advice, is in Dating for Love, Not Lust. Um, There's a lot of good stuff in there. It's incredible. It's, like, not just, like, what to do to get a man, like, a good man, a great man, but also, like, how to keep him and how the relationship changes, which... I feel like a lot of people don't talk about, so there's that. Um, And then I also want to talk about, you know, if you want to be in a relationship, you need to be honest where you're at in your life. Do you have the space, time, emotional capacity for a committed relationship? Can you own that? I mean, can you disengage with people that don't want that that's a really hard thing to do is have that boundary with yourself of not engaging with people who don't want a relationship or they're just in a space in their relationship where they want a relationship but aren't able to show up right 
Like, if you want a healthy relationship with someone, you want to be with someone that has the self-awareness in their life of whether they can have a relationship or not. It's fucking simple. But most importantly, you have to be honest with yourself. And truth is, a lot of people just aren't honest with themselves. They're not honest about the trauma they have, the mindset they have, their victimhood. They're not honest with their health issues. They think it's fucking normal when it's not normal. It's common but not normal. They're not honest about the kind of fucking person that they want to be with, you know? And even if you were able to identify one thing that you absolutely need, it's big in this personal development world to even identify one thing. I feel like sometimes it's looked down upon to be like, oh, I only want to be with a guy that's taller than me or, oh, I only want to be with a guy that goes off-roading or a guy that makes 800000 or more a year, right? Like the height, the money thing, whatever. Like I want to be with a guy who can speak two languages, right? Like because I want my kids to be bilingual and just little things like that, right? You have to know what you want, what do you want? Think about the things you want and then think about it even harder. Because there's a lot of things where it's like, I would like that, but I don't need it, right? And I think I'm going to talk about that in my program, Dating for Love, Not Less. But nonetheless, it's important to get honest about what you actually want in your relationship and the kind of communication and interaction that you want in your relationship. And another thing is you know, attracting a healthy relationship, being in a healthy relationship, and then being in a state that you're not dependent on the other person to make you feel a certain way is to really know when you are projecting something onto the other person when you're not and when they're projecting onto you and they're not. Because it can be really tough to look at where do I need to take responsibility for this situation or where do I need to take responsibility for this argument, right? I'm laughing because Raj is on my bed and he's like, you just kicked my pillow off the bed. (laughs) And I think another thing is if you're in a relationship, sometimes it can be really hard to take accountability and responsibility, but it's such a good tool to be able to learn. That self-responsibility comes from deep self-security. Self-responsibility comes from deep self-security. So when I can take responsibility for some shit that I've said or done in my relationship, it makes a world of a difference, right? And vice versa. I think it's also important to notate that we're all making mistakes as humans, you know, we're all going through this human experience. Don't worry about it, you know, like you have to have that open line of communication, know when you're projecting, he's projecting knowing when you're not projecting and when you're actually like, no, I'm going to stand in this. This is what I'm feeling. I'm not rejecting. I'm standing by what the fuck I'm saying. It's a really important trait that comes from your nervous system being able to not go into a state of panic, stress, fight, flight, fawn mode. Okay. And the last thing that I want to kind of speak on is Some avoidance, some anxiety in relationships or dating is normal, especially when you can identify what's coming up and why you're doing it and then being able to get out of it, okay? So intense amounts of avoidance or anxiety is not normal. It's because 
there's a response in your body that's eliciting in your brain something bad's about to happen and trauma is being triggered as though the event's happening again from when it first happened even though it's not like he could literally not be rejecting you but you're going into this response of i'm being rejected back from like when your dad rejected you when you were six or he made you feel like you weren't loved but you and he didn't even mean it that way but you perceived it that way right what's important to understand is the anxiety that people experience in dating every day today is not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. And it's a, it's a result of us not knowing how to hold ourselves, how to show up in dating. We don't understand fucking men. And if you are, you know, part of Bloom Tribe, then I really hope you're in Let Men Be Men because I basically break down how to have a better relationship with men, you know. And when we're basically interpreting things the wrong way we're overthinking things so much we're being irrational there's all these other things beneath the surface when it comes to dating and relationships like nervous moments that come up a little bit here and there that's normal that's normal when it's a tiny pinprick of in time and you know why it's happening and then it's gone in a flash that's being human I have moments throughout my day where I'm a little nervous not nervous, but like I'd be a little avoidant and the avoidance would come from, you know, more of like the overwhelm for my day from at work. But it wasn't just with him. It was with everyone, you know, and what I needed was quiet time. time. I didn't need to avoid. I needed to just like do me like I need an hour like turning off my phone and just doing me, you know? So point being, those little moments are are normal, but if it's constant, then it's not normal. That constant anxiety, you think it's your day-to-day, but it's not normal. These little moments in time, like, yeah, we're human, but everything else is something that you get to address and fix. Because being in this constant state of misalignment or out of homeostasis, out of your equilibrium it's so common and it's not normal and you owe yourself more you owe your future more you owe your kids more you owe your relationships or your future relationships more and you have to be the one that's motivated and desiring to heal fix and upgrade all of this so with that I do have to head out but make sure you have checked out my programs on bloomshakti.com there's programs for everything if you want to tap into your witch archetype and when i say witch i'm not even talking about like a deep connection to other spiritual things and being a healer like it's literally the everyday things and tapping into trusting your intuition there's stuff on doing womb healing better relationships with men everything about dating you know there's a ton of programs that are super concentrated And if you just want regular, like, healing and to work on you, then check out my offerings and how to work with me one-on-one. Maybe it's a card reading, a soul guidance. Maybe it's, you know, an actual energy healing session, which also now the price has changed and it includes getting your house and car and workspace all energetically cleared because doing all that work and then you guys going back to toxic environments is not a vibe. So... 
yeah, that's that. And I will talk to you all next week. I hope you got lots of empowerment from today's episode. I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review as a simple energy exchange or share this podcast and feel free to tag me on Instagram, Bloom Shakti. Help me to live my purpose, adding value to others' lives. To work with me or for products to enhance your life, check out bloomshakti.com.